The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Absurd Psychology, straight answers without all the bull. Your host is Dr. Gary Bell. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. And I'm so fortunate, once again, to have guest Dr. Nancy Bull Penrod with me. We're going to talk about wellness, life, emotions, workplace, and relationships. Uh, I just want to quote Woody Allen. He said, you can live to be 100 if you give up all the things that make you want to live to be 100. (laughs) Here's, Here's some fun facts on wellness. The brain operates on the same amount of power as a 10-watt light bulb, and neuron transmission is over 170 miles an hour. It takes twice as long to lose a muscle than to gain it. The higher IQ you have, the more you dream. 70%, 70% of your brain is water. The acid in your stomach is strong enough to dissolve razor blades. Also, the adrenal glands, which lay above the kidneys, release stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. In the seventh month of a fetus, this gland is the size of a kidney. It shrinks throughout life unless you train it to remain that size. That is why babies have the need for safety and have a very fast startle reaction. And I have a six-month-old, and I can tell you that just a wee bit of a noise, and all of a sudden he's he's up and going. (laughs) Sneezes regularly exceed 100 miles an hour. So imagine if you're sitting next to somebody and they sneeze and they don't cover. Yikes. All right. By the age 60, most people will have lost about half of their taste buds. So you wonder why old people eat bland food. There you go. (laughs) The average person farts 14 times a day. So if you're on a long flight, guess what's bound to happen? Mondays are the high risk, highest risk days of a heart attack, and your ears actually secrete more earwax when you're stressed than when you are not. And over 90% of all diseases are caused or complicated by stress. And thus, we have this program to talk about wellness and how stress affects us. We're so fortunate to be joined by my dear friend and peer, Dr. Nancy Bowl-Penrod. Dr. Nancy Bowl-Penrod, she specializes in the field of trauma. She's also an LMFT, Licensed Marriage Family Therapist. She's a director of the counseling team, International. Now, these folks are who the FBI, the CIA, the police departments, sheriffs, fire, 
people all over the world have contacted Nancy's group to help them. It is a highly successful business. It's respected uh, for employee support service devoted to providing trauma support services throughout the nation. Dr. Bull Penrod has extensive background in critical incident stress management. And Dr. Bull Penrod has responded to more than 1,000 critical incidents. For instance, she helped those impacted by the Los Angeles riots, Hurricanes Andrew and Katrina, the federal building bombing in Oklahoma City, the tornado in Oklahoma, the Unabomber incident in Sacramento. Her service was also used for nearly every single major school shooting that we have heard about. She's led a team of mental health professionals in assisting those severely impacted in terrorist attacks in New York. While in New York, she was even sent to the Pentagon to provide her services. So, Nancy, welcome, and thank you for joining. Thank you, Gary. I'm, I'm um, very honored to be here. You know, when you look at wellness, how do you see distress, stress, and you stress having an impact on us? They're, they're different. Can you, can you, dis- you know, kind of define those? Yes. Well, first, a lot of people don't know that um, you stress is positive stress. You know, you could win the, the California lottery, which would, yeah, <laughs> which, would be, which would be a positive event. You get married, sure. um, positive event, have your first baby, second baby, third baby, get a new job. All of those are really positive things. Um, but we call it you stress. It's still stress on your body. Your body is still going to react to the stressor that that new thing, that wonderful thing that's happened to you can occur. So, But you stress is kind of the force, I think, that motivates us and energizes us. You get a new job. You are just rocking and rolling, right? You win the lottery. Now you're going to you know, help pay off all your family's homes. You know, So it motivates us. I think it leads to productivity. I think that's, that's, that's crucial. But then there's distress. Right. Distress is negative stressors. Uh, you lose all your money in the lottery. You go to Vegas and you lose all your money. Uh, you lose your job. You have a sick child at home. You know, the, all the opposite of what I just uh, talked about. That that distress has is overwhelming, and it impacts us. Um, in a more negative way than the eustress, although our bodies can react the same to both. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, stress itself, you know, wh- how would you describe stress itself? Just is that, you know, the overall just dealing with events throughout the day or is I, stress something that you ruminate over? Or, you know, you know we, we say that stress is the enemy. Um. We, you have everyday stress, which is general stress. You know, you get in traffic, you're late to work, you get your kids up in the morning, your boss isn't happy with you. The, that, that is kind of general stress that, that people handle. Then there's cumulative stress. If people don't take care of the everyday stressor, then it accumulates. And over a cu- course of a couple days, maybe a couple weeks, all that accumulation of stress starts to impact the person more psychologically and emotionally and can be very, very negative. Then we have critical incident stress, which is an event that occurs that's overwhelming. And then we have post-traumatic stress disorder, which can be um, occur from the um, the, um, crit- the critical incident. The that critical occurs. incident, uh-huh. yeah. You know, in the genome project, when they broke the human gene down, 
you know, we all share 32 common genes, all of us human beings. And one of those genes is derived from stress. And that gene is our exit strategy from life. If, if that gene gets activated, if you are predispositioned with cancer, heart disease, you know, diabetes, whatever your exit strategy is for your life, that you're genetically and, and biologically designed to do, that gene is there to activate. And if you don't manage stress, what happens is that thing becomes active and it does not stop. If it activates cancer, it's not going to stop. It's, it's going to continue to drive that, that, that exit strategy so you end your life. Um, and so managing stress is, is so critical. Where are some of the areas where people can proactively lower the, the, the stress in their lives? What are some of the things people can do? Oh, I, ha- I, have a, I have a view that probably one of the most important things you can do is pick the right partner. <laughs> With the divorce rate over sixty four percent, I don't, I don't know how good a picker most people. Have. I know, but when you when you think about it, okay, your life is 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 so much better if you pick the right partner. You don't have as much stress. You pick somebody who embraces the relationship, somebody who feels that they're blessed to have you in their life, not. Up, you know, not angry that you're in their life, and someone who supports your own value system, your your goals, your dreams. You know that from the get go, Gary is is one. It can can help everyone's life. <laughs> picking the so right partner. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say that's a fantasy. <laughs> do those people really exist? <laughs> yes, they do. I know because I know your marriage is a great marriage. It's a great marriage, <laughs> and you know you you stick and and. The, the other thing is stick to meaningful friendships, not toxic friends. You know, toxic friends can be a huge stressor in your life. And if you don't have a friend that you can't pick up the phone and just, get, like, vent to and talk to, um, that's not going to be easy for you through life. And I don't mean you have to have 20 or 100 or 500. Talking about a close friend that you feel close to that isn't toxic, that doesn't make everything about them all of the time. That can make a big difference. Um, yeah. I always say that, you know, like people that are whiners will like suck the soul straight out of your body. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know what I call them? Frenemies. Frenemies. <laughs> Frenemies. They act like they're your friends. Right. They're really your enemies. Passive aggressive behavior. Don't really want to listen to your story. Want to listen to everybody else's. Want, they want to talk. They want to fill the air with them and what's going on with them. I also think that you don't want to lose your sense of humor, which you obviously haven't. But you, um, a sense of humor really helps us see the funny side to life instead of it making it so serious all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not good for your stress level. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I don't think you should sa- um, sacrifice your health. I think that you need to go to your doctor's appointment, keep those appointments, do the tests that they ask us to do for women and for men, mammograms, you know, for the men, PSA tests, you know. You need to make a commitment that you're physically you're going to take care of your health as best as you, as you can. Do you want me to keep talking about Well, this? no, you know, I, I, I talked on a previous show about how men and women think differently you know, men are what are called ruminative thinkers. They, they, they speak maybe 2,000 words a day. 
Um, but usually they keep a lot of their thought process inside. Uh, when a woman gets a thought, she generally will begin talking about it, and she's what's called an auditory processor. They speak about 7,000 words in a day. But the deal is, is both arrive at a decision or process out the idea about the same time. They just do it differently. But the, what I'm getting to is most people have about maybe 100 to 200 thoughts in a day, but yet they have maybe 5,000 emotions in a day. And what's amazing is most of those thoughts are the same thoughts we have over and over and over. We just regurgitate them and regurgitate them. And I wonder, you know, how how do you do you see that being a major contributor to stress people that just contend think they ruminate over the same thing all the time? Oh, a- absolutely. We we have a um and in psychology, we talk about the ABC. You know, you have an activating event, which is the A, and you start thinking about it. And then your belief about that activating event starts to ruminate. You think about it, think about it, think about it. Think. So now you've created all this anxiety. You've, you're completely stressed out. And because you have already already decided on what the consequences are going to be. And then the C is the consequences. But if you can... If you can slow that down, and for instance, let's say you're walking down the hallway and your boss doesn't say hello to you. You walk back into your office and you go, he's mad at me. He's mad at me. I did something wrong. I did something wrong. Um, uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to get days off. I'm going to get fired. There you go. There's the ABC, the activating event that he didn't say hello to you. The belief is, uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And and the consequence is, whoops, I'm going to get fired. When maybe your boss had a lot on their mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were thinking of something else. Maybe they didn't see you. you know. And But we tell ourselves all this negative chatter. Negative, negative chatter that completely stresses us out. And that is very unhealthy to do. Very unhealthy. Uh, you know, I, I think it's so important for people to have unrelated things that they do throughout the day. Let's say if your lunch break is, I'm going to go exercise. That has nothing to do with work. It has nothing to do with anything. I think those kind of things where you're able to escape that rumination, escape those constant thinking, overthinking, those kind of things, I I believe, make people healthier. It does make them healthier. And we have a, it's a wonderful class we teach, and it's called Mindfulness. And what we try to teach people is instead of the mind going to the past and all the negative stuff or thinking about the future and and all the negative stuff, be mindful of the moment and think about right now. Look out your window at work, beautiful trees, you know, nice sky. Think about how you're feeling right at the moment instead of the negative stuff that futurizes and looks at the past because it never allows you to enjoy the moment and what is going on with you and how good life can be and how wonderful things are. Even if they're not, it still helps you breathe deep from your core, take a deep breath, look out, and you force yourself. You have to force yourself. It's amazing how you have to force yourself to enjoy what you do have as opposed to always looking at what you don't have. Yes, and I call that existentialism. <laughs> and I am an existentialist. I am definitely too. You know, existentialism, you know, if you look at Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, um, life, you know, yeah. basically 
we've talked about this before in other in, in other shows, but basically it means being fully present in the moment you're in and not giving energy to the future or the past, but giving the person in front of you your full attention. That makes memories. That may, that is life. That is the purpose of life. The purpose of my life right now is sitting here interviewing you and hoping that I'm reaching people out there and helping their lives. Absolutely. And that's being in the moment. So, you know, how does the body respond to stress? Oh, body responds to stress in so many different ways. Um, one, one, of the, one of the ways that it responds to stress is um, I talked about the ABC, the negative thoughts, you know, the negative chatter that happens, okay? Um, sometimes you become fatigued, and that fatigue um, means that you um, have kind of a calloused indifference to the things going on around you and to others. You may start not liking people. You're one of the people that, that say, I don't want to go. I don't, I don't like, you know, I don't like to be in groups. I don't like this. I don't like that. You may feel that you have no con, um, control over your life. Sleep disturbances, nutrition decreases, um, argumentative, insubordinate, isolation, uh, substance abuse, um, acting out, risky behavior. I mean, um, there are so many different um, heart disease, diabetes, um, night sweats, uh, gaining weight, losing weight. There's all types of things that, that happen to people. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about anti-anxiety medication and other types of medication to deal with stress. Welcome back. Come, please come back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell with special guest, Dr. Nancy Bolp and Rod. We're talking about wellness. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? 
Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the Email Host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell with my special guest, Dr. Nancy Bull Penrod. We're talking about wellness. Right now, we're actually talking about stress in wellness. And uh, we just learned some of the effects on the body. But, you know, a lot of people are just downright lazy. And uh, they don't do a lot of things to help themselves. And anxiety, as many people know, goes along with depression. And so when people are depressed, they tend to procrastinate. They tend to put things off. They don't take care of themselves as well. So they go to medication. What are, what are your thoughts on anti-anxiety medication? You know, my thoughts about medication is that hopefully it is at the end of the food chain, as I say, that there's so many other things people can do to help their stress level. And I know I might have mentioned some of them, but laughter, humor, you know, prayer, um, friendships, recreation, sports, exercise, good nutrition, good sleep, all of those things. But if a person suffers from depression, um, then we know, even though they've tried everything, and it's steer, they still suffer from severe depression, that um, medications like Zoloft, Paxil, which uh, help the uh, serotonin reuptake, they're called serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors, that it can make a difference for a person. What it can do is be like the, it, the, like the jump start for them. It can help them start to have the energy to go ahead and work out, to walk more, to laugh a little bit more. And so it's maybe it can start the process of them being able to do all those other things. And it, it doesn't always mean it's a lifetime commitment, but it's a very important thing to have available. I don't want people to naysay because, it, no, 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 I don't take medication if they suffer from severe depression because I think it, the medication is crucial. It impacts serotonin. And, you know, we always know that serotonin nor epinephrine are two chemicals that can help treat depression and also are part of what causes depression. Oh, absolutely. You know, I look at a, a person that is stressful or well, I could say stress and depression go together. If I'm going to wake up in the morning and debate whether I want to go to work, I'm living in my feelings and that's stressful. If I'm going to go to work and then check in with how I feel now that I'm at work, that's a whole different ballgame. That means I have control of my life. How 
how important is it to feel like your life is in control to managing stress? Oh, that's one of the key components. If you feel you're out of control, then you you feel like, well, this is this is my destiny. This is it. I'm depressed. I'm bummed out. I don't like life, and this is this is who I am. And you'll hear that from people. Like they'll say, "Oh, that's Bob. That's that's who he is," or that you know, "Oh, well, of course. What else would we expect? That's that's how he acts all the time." It's almost like an acceptance, and that's not that's not good. That is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, uh, what can people do? As far as countering the effects of stress, what are some biological or physical things that people can actually do to make to break that stress cycle? One of them is exercise, and we feel very strongly in in I'll put it this way: if you don't feel good and you you suffer from mild, moderate, or severe depression, it's probably going to be very hard for you to do to pro- provide some exercise in your life. Exercise doesn't mean you have to go work out and, and deadlift, you know, 300 pounds. It could just be moving, which means walking. Okay. But you probably aren't going to have the energy to do that. Therefore, you don't do it. What we say is you have to force yourself, then you exercise, and guess what? Feeling better comes after the exercise, not before the not exercise. Not before. I know. <laughs> I, I always think to myself, the most depressing place I could go is a gym because I'm looking at all these people that are physically fit. And then I look at myself and I'm like, holy cow, I'd rather exercise by myself. <laughs> but you have, you know, you're going to feel better after, not before. Because right. it does. It can help so much. Yes, it does. You know, and it helps the brain. You know, I, I also, you know, one of the things I offer to people is water. And we talk about water and we talk about it in debriefings, critical incident stress, having water available. And that's because water has 89% oxygen. Air has 23. Brain needs oxygen to work. All organs need oxygen to work. It's what makes the sun explode. So if you're going to decrease stress, the brain needs oxygen. And oxygen, once again, comes from water. If you drink from an aerated bottle, then the actual oxygen is activated. That's why people drink from sports bottles, because it actually activates the oxygen instantly so they can get that energy kick. And and I know that's, that's not a psychological remedy, but it certainly is an important remedy to de uh, stressing. It's a very important remedy. Is And we, what we say it like after a critical incident is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. You know, I carry water in my car. Pass it out. Bottles of water. Just drink. Please drink. Mm-hmm. Drink some water. You know, other things are, are prayer. You know, there, there's been some studies that prayer and laughter increase serotonin levels in, in your body. So they have the same impacts. So both of those can be very, very crucial in treating um, in treating. Um, uh, stress. You know, it's funny. Uh, like after a debriefing, I'll, I'll ask people, and I know you do the same thing. Is is uh, you know, especially if somebody's been killed or something, you want to ask them. Do you know any funny stories about this person, or did something funny happen during this incident? You know, and we've talked about such deep and dark things. What what are the good sides of this? Oh, and and let me tell you, that works wonders. And you know, we we ask him, tell us a story, tell us something that will help us laugh a little bit about this wonderful person that you've lost. And, you know, they sit there for a while, 
and think, oh, you know, I don't know if I even, is it okay to laugh? Yes, it's okay to laugh. And they tell stories and they are hilarious. So the debriefing the group process that we have, they leave on an upbeat. You know, it's it's upbeat. And no, it doesn't mean their heart's completely healed. You know, it doesn't mean it's not still going to hurt later. It just means for a time being, in that moment, we can remember the person in a, in a humorous way. And in, in stress, it also works. When you're stressed out, you need to take a break. Take a break. All right. Now, what role does perception, a person's perception, play in wellness? I think perception plays an entire role in wellness. If you perceive... Um, that you can't do something. If your mindset is, well, I'll never get that job. I'll never get that promotion. Um, then you've already defeated yourself. So you, your perception of your capabilities or what your, your department or your organization or your supervisor thinks of you is already made prior to even applying for the position. Um, that's a defeatist attitude that causes stress because you are beating yourself down instead of lifting yourself up and saying, I'm going to try again. I didn't get it this time, but I'm going to get it next time. So you've, you've got to, um, you've got to have hopefully, hopefully nourish the perception that it will be all right, that everything's going to be good, and that your mindset is that you're in control, that you're going to make good choices. And that the choices that you made that maybe weren't so good aren't going to def- define who you are today and that you let go of your past. You know, the past has to be let go of if, the, if there's some negative things that have happened. Yeah, I, I look at that as uh, if you want to live a fear-based life, you're going to be stressed out. And that means you're not going to every, – every decision you're going to make is going to be conservative and not very pleasurable. If you live a faith-based life, and I'm not just talking about religion, but I'm talking about the act of faith that things are going to work out, you're going to do things and have much more pleasure in your life. And, and that outlook is, is key to helping someone get healthy. You know, how does the mind, your brain, respond to stress? And what are some of the signs? That what, is there stuff that happens in the brain? Oh, there's stuff that happens in the brain, but one of one of them is something that I will notice is lack of concentration. Mm-hmm. A person can't keep a thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe they slowly end their sentences or they stop dead in the sentence and kind of look at you with that look of, I don't remember what I was talking about. And I mean, those are sometime moments for everybody. But if it's an ongoing basis, their brain shuts down, they're overwhelmed, and they can't think straight. And um, that can impact your entire life. You know, the, the other thing, of course, I already mentioned, but sleep. Mm-hmm. If your brain is constantly being activated due to all the negative chatter and the stress in your life, you can't get a good night's sleep. And a good night's sleep is crucial. It it impacts the inflammation in your body all over, and it rejuvenates you. It reboots, if mm-hmm. you can think of it as, mm-hmm. a, as a computer. It reboots you ready for the next, you know, that next show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What can, you know, as far as spirituality and religion, do they benefit stress? Yes. Um, prayer, as I said, has... Um, been shown to increase endorphins and help with serotonin 
And um, But I think that when people have a faith, whatever that is, um, just believing in how, higher power, that there is something greater, whatever that might be for a person, um, can really help them understand there is something greater and bigger, and it can play such an important role in when a person pulls in a resource, um, needs some support late at night, you know, uh, as my mother used to say, there's no atheist in a foxhole. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. You you know, that that can make a difference in their peace at that moment or in adjusting and knowing that they will be able to control what happens to them. Yeah, I miss your mother, by the way. Oh, thank you. My mother was wonderful. (laughs) She really was. A saint and a wonderful woman. She really, really was. You know, what, what are your thoughts on anger management and anger? Well, I, th- I think, you know, as you said, um, anxiety and depression are closely related. I think anger is, too. Actually, they've proven that some of the antidepressants can be given to somebody who, who goes from zero to 100 over something that really doesn't call for that, that um, it has reduced their um, um, instant reaction to rage. You know, that it that it has helped. And I think anger manages a very important thing. I think anger is a very important emotion. I don't think people should feel guilty about it. I don't think people should hide it. I don't think people should be afraid to show it. However, it's how you react to the to your anger is what's important. Your behavior. Do you punch a wall? Do you punch another human being? Do you kick a dog? Do you berate and bully? the people that work for you or with you, you know, do you do that to your family? You know, are you verbally abusive? That's not acceptable. So anger management helps you understand how to handle the the anger in a very positive way, which can be exercised. Punching a punching bag, you know, um, is important. Going out and and hitting a baseball, um, playing golf and, you know, seeing the the face of the person you're not real happy with on the, you know, in your, on your golf ball. All those things for anger management can make a huge difference for a person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I think that uh, I look at anger management personally as uh, the need to manage your anger to prevent rage. And rage is the real danger. Do you believe in these 52-week uh, anger management things and 16 weeks and 8 weeks of anger management that the courts order people into? Do you believe in that, that that works? Having never done one or gone to one, luckily, because I haven't had to go to an anger management program, um, I don't know. I I don't know if I can say whether I believe it, but 52 weeks sounds uh, pretty extensive. And, you know, but I think that there are some anger management programs that I think um, can help focus a person way less than 52 weeks or way less than 16 weeks, you know. And I think that there there must be some success because the courts are always uh, mandating it. But I, um, I'm i not sure, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, here's, I, here's my take on anger management. Let me sum it up in a very simple way. That there's two roots to anger. There is fear and disrespect. Disrespect means not being heard. If you identify what it is that makes you go to rage, if it's when people don't hear me, when they disrespect me, which is the vast majority of the population of the planet Earth, then you manage how you act when you're disrespected. And if you can get a different reaction to being disrespected or living in fear, then what happens is 
you can resolve your anger. And, you know, anger is one of the major keys to people having stress in their lives. And I will tell you also, living with somebody that's angry or having to work with somebody angry, how do, how do you think that affects people? Oh, that, that goes back to picking the right partner. But that's, that's awful because we don't live in a vacuum. If you have all this stuff going on at home, you, have, you live with an angry person and blah, 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 um, that's going to go to work. And you're going to be, you're going to feel self-defeated before you even walk it through the, the workplace. And that's going to carry on into the workplace. If you have a mean, angry, or um, mean-spirited supervisor, a bully, sort of, that's going to go home. Yep. You know, so it's it's not good to live with either. Yep. I always tell people when uh, they're acting out, if you want to be a turd, go lay in the yard. All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> And we're going to come back. This is Absurd Psychology with Dr. Gary Bell. I've got my wonderful guest, Dr. Nancy Bull-Penrod, and we will be talking about sleep coming up. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. There are 13 unbreakable habits of truly enlightened people. These life-changing habits are discussed on Dream the Life, Live the Dream with Dr. Yomi Garnett. We'll offer an excursion in self-discovery, along with wisdom that will allow you to stay on the correct path toward your destiny. You can find excellence in your life. Tune in every Thursday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for this exciting transformational journey. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You are tuned in to Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary Bell or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough. But if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. So, got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on the email host button on the Voice America page. Now, back to Absurd Psychology. 
Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. And once again, I have my wonderful guest, Dr. Nancy Bulb Enrod. We're going to talk about sleep. Sleep is huge. I mean, we spend a vast majority of our lives sleeping or trying to sleep. <laughs> so, you know, what do you consider enough sleep, Nancy? Well, for um, adults, sure, it's sure. actually um, eight hours. It's really good to get, um, they say, no less than seven. Okay. You know, seven to eight hours of sleep. There's some people that get 10. Um, I heard that J-Lo gets 10 to 12. Well, she's got enough money, so you don't have to do crap. I know. I know. know, But that's probably why she's so beautiful. Yeah. Is because she gets so much sleep. Plus, she probably has 50 people waiting on her kids. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, um, kids should get about 10, you know, teenagers. But... It's um, sleep is so underrated, Gary, that if um, people don't get enough sleep, it impacts every organ and every part of their body and every aspect of their life if they don't get enough sleep. If you think about when your baby, your new son, if he's cranky or your daughter's cranky, what's the first thing you say? They didn't get a nap. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they just didn't get their nap. Well, oh, boy. My my six month old when he's tired it's like hell on earth. Think, think <laughs> he goes from an angel to a devil. <laughs> well, we're no different. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Adults are absolutely no different. You just end up irritable, short fused, depressed. There's all kinds of things when you don't get enough sleep. Sleep is is crucial for our mental health. Yeah. Well, you know what? What's the rapid eye movement stage of sleep? What is that? That is called um, REM, which is rapid eye movement. It is the REM, REM sleep is is what helps us get into into kind of like a deep sleep, and we are processing. We process what happened today, what happened yesterday, what we're thinking about, the trauma if we have trauma in our life, the struggles, the stress. So it's crucial that we get REM sleep. It's a very important. Um, part of our sleep and if we don't get that stage of sleep it affects us negatively mm-hmm. yeah it's it's kind of the the if you don't hit that delta stage of sleep the, the rim stage of sleep your brain doesn't process out the previous day's business and like you were talking about earlier the reset button it doesn't really reset well and you wake up groggy and tired and it, your previous day rolls into your next day mm-hmm. a lot of people that are stressed out don't hit delta sleep. They don't get that REM stage of sleep. Or if you sleep in shifts, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there, you're likely not going to get there. So, uh, you know, it's really important to understand that. And now, can you talk about like circadian rhythms? Do you do you know much about that? A circadian rhythm, actually, it's. Um, I sat through a sleep study. Harvard put on a sleep study. And so I uh, went to this with um, Dr. Kathy uh, Welbrock, my uh, assistant director, and what and it was put on by their sleep center. And what they said was, as human beings, we are meant to work when it's light out and sleep when it's dark out, period. They said they will never recommend that people work graveyard. However, they understand the reality is there's a lot of professions that are 24-7. And they have to work at um, nighttime and sleep during the day. So we are on this circadian rhythm every 24 hours, and we are really meant not to be awake at dark. 
but our bodies get into a rhythm. And so some people adjust to the graveyard shifts. Some don't. Some never do. And so as long as you know what your what your circadian rhythm is, then you'll know what you need. For instance, if you are working graveyard and you're sleeping during the day, you're probably not getting a lot of sun sunshine. So there's um, what we call the the graveyard um, medication, which is over the counter called melatonin. Your body doesn't get enough melatonin from the sun, so you take a melatonin natural creates the the melatonin in your system and you can sleep during uh, the day a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. You know, what are medical issues that are tied to lack of sleep or poor sleep? One of them is obesity. They said that um, people gain weight when they don't get a good night's sleep. Uh, more heart disease because sleep helps rejuvenate your system and the inflammation around the heart is decreased when you sleep. That's why there's a lot of heart attacks um, during um, during the night. Also, um, Monday morning, as you said, Monday morning. Um, so there's all there's um, also mood disorders caused by uh, lack of sleep. So there's a there's a lot of things that happen when you don't get. Yeah, sleep. They, they say epileptic seizures, uh, bipolar people that are triggered into manic phases. Those type of things are triggered often by a lack of sleep. What what are some remedies? How do you go to sleep? Mm. Well, we call it be topless. Ah! And, okay. but, <laughs> I'm sure your husband likes it. <laughs> but, but what that really means yes. is not what you're thinking. No, of course not. <laughs> but what it does mean is no laptops, no computers, no iPads, no cell phones, at least two hours before you go to sleep. Because if you are playing games or looking at stuff and you have a top there as we say it the light from that and what it does to your brain your light sensitive hormone in your brain gets activated it's going to be harder to go to sleep and it's the same with watching television that and I know people try to fall asleep with the television but the light is not going to help you even though you think it might help you um, fall asleep it's going to be longer for you to go to sleep we also talk about playing, you know, quiet music. Um, you know, those machines that help you that yeah, might have the sound. wave yeah, and yeah. all that. Put on some light noise. Mm-hmm. Reading a book, actually, my take on that is when you are reading a book, you are going back and forth. So you might be processing like EMDR and you don't know it, like watching a tennis match. Great. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so because of that, it can help you go to sleep. Um, no caffeine. And no alcohol at least three hours. And I know that's hard. People will say, I'm drinking a Jack Daniels and I'm going to go to sleep now. It doesn't, it, most of the time, not for all, but most of the time it's going to keep you keep you awake. Um, know that light stretching can help, but not full bore on, uh, on you know, exercise, mm-hmm. working out. But that can help. The other thing, uh, I talked about cell, um, um, melatonin. And a warm shower, warm milk. Warm milk has L-tryptophan in it, and it, like your mom used to say, drink a cup of warm milk. That can help you go to sleep. But you really got to turn off the la- laptop and the iPhone and all that stuff at least two two hours before you go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the other thing, uh, you know, as, as far as sleep is concerned, my take on it also is, in addition, is, is to shut everything down, lay there, 
and think about the function of breathing through your mouth, not your nose, through your mouth. If you can do that for about three minutes and just focus on one thought, how am I breathing, your brain will shut down and you will go to sleep. A lot of people use that as their thinking time and that's just the most inappropriate thing to do. If you don't want to sleep, the best thing you can do is have deep conversations, fights, and uh, play with your iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now let's talk a little bit more about wellness. You know, how... What impact does poor physical health have on a person's mental health? Well, they're connected. Um, your body's connected to your mind. Your mind's connected to your body. You know, holistically, when you look at it, that's, um, that's just the way it is. And so if you have poor health, you're not going, going to, your perception of the world is going to be tainted and distorted. If you have a poor perception of, of um, the world, it's going to impact your health. So they're, they're symbiotic. Yes. Yeah, very good. You're right. right. <laughs> they go together. You know, uh, how important is a support system for wellness? You know, support the people, friends, things like that. Well, there's a study out of Chicago. Uh, we call him Dr. Happy. And that's what I nicknamed him. I don't remember his name, but he did write. There's some books on happiness right now. And one of the things he said that the happiest people in the world, you know, they may have money and not have money. They may like their job and not like their job. They may um, have good health and not have good health. They, they may have a faith-based uh, life and they may not. They might uh, like their job, not like their job, like their family, not like their family, have children, not have children, like where they live, not like where they live. But the one thing he found throughout all the happiest people, which was consistent with all of those groups I just mentioned, was good friends. Wow. And he said, if you have one good friend, five, whatever it is, that you can rely on, you're probably going to fall into happiest people. So friendships are crucial. Resources, you know, uh, knowing that you're not alone and that you have somebody that you can lean on. You know, I, I, I call it the, the desert call. Hey, I'm in, I'm in the desert. It's two o'clock in the morning and my car broke down. Will you come help me? No problem. That friend. That. That's a real friend, I will tell you. That's the desert call. So, so for all those introverts out there, <laughs> this is a very depressing <laughs> suggestion is to make a lot of friends. But, you know, people have got to learn to trust a little bit more in this life. They've got to learn to have a little bit more faith in people. Not everybody is ill-intended out there. That's right. Absolutely. You know, you have to sometimes feel a little pain just to know you're still alive. Now, what can a person do if they're stuck with a bully, a chaotic person, a backstabbing person at work, family, home? You know, that maybe their family has people like that, somebody that, that are whiners. You know, what can they do to help themselves when they're stuck in an environment like that? Oh, boy. I'd call it the toxic person. Um, if you're in any toxic relationship, one of the things you need to do is decide whether you need to stay in that relationship. Um, it's uh, unfortunate, but you might ha- have married or be in a, a significant relationship with someone who's toxic and you keep thinking you're going to change them. My words to you would be, you know, they're sleeping just fine. You know, how are you sleeping? 
it's impacting you and it's it's not phasing them one bit. So are you really going to change them? Probably not. So you have to change your reaction to them. And you know what, Carrie? If it continues and you know that you can't control them because they may just stay the same and you try to change your reaction to them, maybe it's time that you reevaluate that friendship, that work environment, that person, that um that relationship, you may have to reevaluate it. Yeah, I always tell people that, you know, these people circle around and pay a lot of attention to people that react to them. So if, if you choose to not react to them and not feed them by giving them some kind of verbal or nonverbal reaction that's obviously showing them that they're affecting you, you're not feeding them. And that will starve them and they'll eventually find another target. Another it won't target. change who they are but at least it gets you off the radar. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And that's really difficult when it's um, somebody that you think you love. It, it, is wellness a way of life or is it just something we do to feel better? needs to be a way of life. It, you need to change your way of life. So let's take someone who goes on a diet. Mm-hmm. They go on a diet. They lose 20 pounds. They feel great. That 20 pounds will come on, back on plus 10 if they don't change their way of life. Mm-hmm. You, it's got to be a complete different way of looking at your health and looking at the world. So wellness has to be a commitment, and it has to be something you say, okay, almost like that song. Had I known I was going to live this long, I wouldn't have done, done my life the first 30 years like I did. Do you know what I mean? It's like, guess what? You, if, you, know, you don't know how long you're going to live. None of us are promised five minutes from now. But if you don't change your pattern now, at the point in time that you may be told that you your life has been shortened, you may be scrambling around and now you'll quit smoking. Now you'll quit drinking. Now you're going to get along with your family. Now you're not going to be angry. It might be too late. You know? are, are there any diets that you recommend? I mean, any type of thing that you recommend for wellness? Um, I think people need to find what works for them, but I think um, a diet makes people feel like it's temporary. I think what they need to do is change their way of of eating and their eating habits. And once they start to change it, make it a lifetime commitment, it's no longer a diet. They look at food differently. And I think mindfulness about what you your intake is, if you can focus on the one M&M and f- feel it, taste it, enjoy it, you won't take 20 in a handful and stuff it down your, your mouth. One or two will suffice because you were mindful about what you're eating. So if there's anything I would change for people, it would be to learn to be more mindful about what they eat or drink. And it can make a big difference in, in the loss of weight, which is not about always about what they look like. It's about how they feel better, and it's about long life. The weight loss is about long life. Yeah, and I know also that alcohol or drugs can often help enormous amounts of weight gain. All right, we're going to wrap up here. I just want to let you know we're going to have uh, Suicide, Death, and Grieving, The Art of Living Miserably will be our next show. And that's our show today, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback on Twitter. It's at DRGBMFT. 
Now remember, health nuts are going to feel stupid someday, lying in hospitals, dying of nothing. <laughs> That's from Red Fox. Thank you for joining Absurd Psychology. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for much. coming, Nancy. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.